Sherlock Holmes. We present Barry Foster as Sherlock Holmes and David Buck as Dr. Watson in a new dramatization of the short stories by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. The Rygate Squires, dramatized by Bill Morrison, with Peter Howell as Colonel Hayter. Like it, Holmes. Just relax now. Uh, what? You know me. Yes. Good. I've just given you an injection to relax you. Prescription of my own. Not that devilish substance you often resort to. Uh, you're exhausted, man. Do you know where you are? Yes. Well. What's to be done? Why are you here? Nothing's to be done. They sent me a telegram. I came to Lyon at once. Well, I must get up. No, no, no. No, the case is over. This Netherlands Sumatra Company affair is over. Successfully over. Yes, I know it is. Well, what's to be done? They told you nothing. Look, you've been working 15 hours a day for weeks. You collapsed when the case was over, so they sent for me at once. That is the only reason I am here. It's a clear case of nervous exhaustion. Nothing worse, old friend. Well, you're feeling better now. I must be ready. Oh, just relax, Holmes. Sleep. You thoroughly deserve it. I must say you are the object of great congratulation. I care nothing for that. You just need a few days of rest. Then you'll be yourself again. Yeah. You'll be fine once we're back in England. Holmes? Don't stay too long on deck, old chap. It's so chilly in this wind. Still, change of scene, very refreshing. I always find it so, don't you? Mm. You know, I wouldn't mind a few days off. Could be arranged, I'm sure. I can find someone to look after the practice for me. Take a few days in the country. Mm, Yes. What do you say? I, I mean in England, of course. I, I think you've done enough traveling. So have I. Somewhere close to London. Mm. A rest in pleasant surroundings in the country. You have the time. Uh, you said yourself, no pressing commitment awaits you. I... I must be ready. Oh. Come now, Holmes, just a few days. Even the finest athlete or boxer after a great contest rests himself before the next encounter. I don't want to go to the country. You need fresh air. What's this? You need rest. 
You know my nature, Watson. Let me alone. You're not yourself. If you want to know my professional opinion, you are ill. Not simply in a state of depression, but physically exhausted. Mm. Look, Holmes, let me make a few inquiries. I'll find a friend who has a place where you can have the peace and quiet you oh. Leave it all to me. Keep playing. You know how much I enjoy listening to you. And how much you think it will soothe me. I'm glad you're playing again. I take no pleasure in it. As you wish. Well, how did you sleep? I am quite capable of taking care of myself. Of course, I merely asked. Did you eat? Yes. I've had a stroke of luck. I found the very place for us in the country, near Reigate. Oh. What are these? Good heavens, Holmes, there must be 50 telegrams here. They all say much the same. Congratulations on solving the Sumatra case. Uh, you outmaneuvered the schemes of Baron Maupertuis, the most accomplished swindler in Europe. Ah. You have succeeded where the police of three countries have failed. Which surely these must raise your spirits, Holmes. They are of no importance. Where do you plan to take me? You mean you will go? Only if I am satisfied that I will have total freedom. Oh, but that is understood. It is the house of an old friend of mine from army days in Afghanistan. Colonel Hater. Is it a bachelor establishment? It is. Oh, no, you will not be fussed over, I promise you. Mm. What do you say? If it will stop you fussing over me, Watson, I will go. Mm. Oh, splendid. Splendid. We are sure of a peaceful time in the country. A burglary. Yes, burglary. Well, in my house, a neighbour of mine, Old Acton, one of our county magnates, he had his house broken into last Monday. No great damage done, but the fellows that did it are still at large. That's why we're making sure everything is secure. It's as well to take precaution. Oh, a petty affair. One of our little country crimes. Much too small for your attention, Mr. Holmes. After this great international affair you've just accomplished. Was there any feature of interest? Well, the thieves ransacked the library, but got very little for their pains. Turned the place upside down. Drawers burst open, presses turned out, but all that was missing in the end was an odd volume of Pope's Homer, two candlesticks, an ivory letter weight, a small oak barometer, and, uh, oh yes, a, a ball of twine. <laughs> what an extraordinary assortment. Well, the fellows evidently grabbed hold of anything they could get. Mm. I think it is clearly obvious... Holmes. Holmes, let the country police handle it, eh? You're here for a rest. For heaven's sake, don't get started on a new problem on our first evening here. Yes. It's just a simple burglary. Murder. Did you say murder? Yes. Shocking business. Not what you expect down here. 
Happened last night. I've just heard about it. What happened? He was at the Cunningham's, next to state to the Actons. Their coachman, William Kerwin, was shot through the heart. Died at once. Who shot him? A burglar. Seems Kerwin came on him about midnight and met his end, saving his master's property. Oh, Cunningham will be cut up over this. He's our leading squire about here and a very decent fellow. Evidently the same villains who broke into Acton's. And stole that very singular collection. Must be. Curious. How so? A gang of burglars roaming the countryside might be expected to vary the scene of their operations, not crack two cribs in the same district in a few days. It could be locals. Acton's and Cunningham's are by far the largest places around here. Mm. And the richest, huh? They ought to be, but they've been enmeshed in a lawsuit for years. Old Acton has a claim on half Cunningham's estate, and the lawyers have been at it with both hands. Sucked the blood out of both of them, I fancy. Ah, well, that would explain a great deal. Yeah, oh. oh, it may prove a very simple matter. I don't intend to meddle, Watson. Inspector Forrester has called, sir. Oh, oh shame in. Thank you. Come in, Inspector. How can we help you? Uh, I hope I don't intrude, gentlemen, uh, but I heard that Mr. Holmes of Baker Street is here. I am Sherlock Holmes. Privileged to meet you, sir. You've heard of last night's incident. Yes. I wondered if you might care to step across to see for yourself, Mr. Holmes. I will. The fates are against you, Watson. You see here, the pantry window was broken and the back door was open. Mm. The alarm was raised at a quarter to twelve. Old Mr Cunningham had just got into bed and his son, Mr Alec, was smoking a pipe in his dressing room. Where are these rooms? Well, those are the windows, sir, side by side at the end. Mm. So they both overlooked the scene. They heard the coachman, William, calling for help and Mr Alec ran down at once. As he came to the foot of the back stairs, he saw two men wrestling together. One of them fired a shot and William dropped. Then the murderer rushed across the garden and out over the hedge down there. Old Mr Cunningham saw the fellow as he gained the road and then lost sight of him. Was he not pursued? And Mr Alec stopped to see if he could help the dying man and so the villain got clean away. Did the dying man say anything? Uh, no, sir. He was shot through the heart, died at once. Any description of the man who fled? Beyond the fact that he was middle-sized and dressed in some dark stuff, we have no personal clue. Ground is very hard here. Mm. What was the coachman doing so late at night? Oh, I imagine he walked up from the lodge where he lives with his mother to see if all was quiet after the Acton robbery and came upon the villain. Did he say anything to his mother before going out? Oh, she's very old and greatly shocked by the business. We can get nothing sensible from her. Oh, there is one important circumstance. Uh, this. Oh. A fragment torn from a larger sheet of paper. Mm. Where was it found? In the hand of the dead man. It reads almost as though it was an appointment. You see, at quarter to twelve, on the first line, then learn what, and further down maybe. Now, William must have torn this corner from the murderer in the struggle. Or the murderer tore the rest from Kerwin. Uh, with respect, I don't think so, sir. That would suggest he had an appointment with the thief, was in league with him, and they fell out. It doesn't fit with his character. No, the rest of that paper is gone with the murderer, all right. 
fascinating. What, sir? This handwriting is of extraordinary interest, especially the T's. These are much deeper waters than I thought. There was certainly an understanding and an appointment made. Goodbye, Inspector. Oh, but, sir... Oh, I have no time for questions and interference. There are things I must examine. Be back here in an hour and fetch Colonel Hater and my friend Watson when you return. Uh, there is other information. I have more than enough. Don't let me alone. Don't bother me, ma'am. Just do as I ask you. This is where we were to meet him. No sign of him. Between ourselves, Doctor, I thought Mr. Holmes was behaving in a very excited manner. I don't think you need alarm yourself. He has been ill, Inspector. It is not unusual behaviour with Holmes. <laughs> I, I have generally found method in his madness. Some folk might say there was madness in his method. Ah, gentlemen. Ah, Holmes. Good, you're all here. Watson, your country trip has been a distinct success. Ah. I've had a charming morning. Charming, sir? Yes, Charming. I have seen the postman. Huh? The postman? If the note was ripped from Kerwin's hand, how did he receive it? But uh, still, with respect, sir, surely he tore that scrap away from the murderer. Did he receive a letter? Yesterday afternoon. And he destroyed the envelope. Oh, I suppose I should have inquired about that. I have also been to the hedge. The hedge? Where the murderer broke through in his flight. Uh, this was after he had torn the rest of the letter from Cohen's hand. I must search the ground there. He put it in his pocket. I can't assume that, sir. Uh, he was in a great hurry. The letter incriminated him. It is likely that he thrust it into his pocket. What is more interesting is that it is also likely he did not notice it was torn. Now, if we could get the rest of it, it would go a long way towards solving this mystery. Look, here comes Cunningham. Oh, is that his son? Alec, yes. Cunning old chap, I'm dreadfully sorry to hear this business. Most upsetting. Yes, most upsetting. Good morning, Colonel. Allow me to present Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Holmes? Not solved the mystery yet, Holmes? I thought you Londoners were never at fault. You must give me a little time. You'll need it. I don't see that there will be any clue at all beyond the little that my father and I saw. Uh, well, you see, sir, there is one development. It's a question of whether or not we can mm. find... Oh! Oh! Good heavens! Holmes! What is the matter? Why, Holmes! He seems to have fainted! You take the next Here we are. That's better. Easy now. You drink some of this, eh? Mm. <coughs> Better? Thank you, Watson. Uh, what happened? You had a mild nervous attack. You fainted. You must rest, Holmes. You've been overdoing it again. I apologize for my weakness, gentlemen. Please forgive me. Oh, not at all. Watson will tell you that I am just recovering from an illness, and I am liable to these sudden attacks. Oh, most unusual, I'd have thought, Holmes. Mm -hmm. Shall I order my carriage to take you home? In a moment, perhaps. Just let me rest a minute. If you don't mind, I'll get on about the business. Oh, while I'm here, Inspector, mm -hmm. uh, there is a point I'm not sure of that we can easily verify. Oh, what is that, sir? Uh, I think, Mr. Holmes, perhaps a uh, later time would be better. Uh, let us examine the door that was forced. I am much better. Uh, let me help you. I can walk quite well, Watson. A chisel or a strong knife was thrust in here and the lock forced back with it. You can see the marks on the wood there. You don't use bolts? We've never found it necessary. Uh, do you keep a dog? Yes, 
But she's chained up on the other side of the house. When do the servants go to bed? About ten. Including the coachman? I don't see where all this is leading to. It is singular that on that particular night, Kerwin should have been up around midnight to surprise the burglar after he'd entered the house. It was before he entered the house. Before? I would have heard anyone moving about inside. You were sitting in your dressing room smoking. Which window is that? We have been over all this. The next to last window beside my father's. And both your lamps were lit. Yes. Watson, would you risk breaking into a house when the lights were still on? Well, it's very odd. Very odd burglar. If he had been in the house before William tackled him, we should have found things disarrayed and missing. Of course. Of course, you're right. You see? He was obviously a cool hand. Experienced. After all, he burgled Acton's place. And took, what was it, uh, paperweight and a ball of twine? Look, Holmes, we're willing to help you and the inspector in any way we can, but uh, you don't suggest a course of action to catch the fellow. I do. I want you to offer a reward. Now, have you a paper and pen, and I'll jot down the form. Uh, yes, come inside. It's 50 pounds enough. I would willingly give 500. William was a very decent fellow. Yes, indeed. Oh. Oh, this is not quite correct. Mm, I, I read it in rather a hurry. You see, you begin, uh, whereas at about a quarter to one on Tuesday morning an attempt was made... It was a quarter to twelve, as a matter of fact. Oh, I'm so sorry. Pretty elementary mistake for a great detective. But, of course, you have been ill. I think perhaps we should go home. Please. I'll correct this. I'll write the proper time down. If you would. Twelve, yes. Yeah. Will you and the inspector get it printed as soon as possible? I'll take it with me. Now, I think... It would be a good thing to go over the house together and make sure the burglar did not carry anything away with him. Is this necessary? I told you. He never got inside. Well, let's do as Holmes asks. It won't take long, will it? If nothing else will satisfy him. Inspector, do come with us. If it won't take long, sir. Well, I think we've looked enough. This is my son's room. My room is there. Ah. Now, gentlemen, I ask you, was it possible for the thief to come up and not disturb us? I agree with you, sir. This door, I take it, leads to the dressing room. Mm -hmm. Are you satisfied now? I think I've seen all I wish here. Do you still insist on seeing my room? If it's not too much trouble. After you. Now, this way. Hey, come along, Alec. All right. This isn't getting us anywhere, Dr. Watson. I'm sure he must have his own good reasons. He doesn't seem quite recovered. Oh, I didn't like to say, I mean, a man with his reputation. But I have my investigation to pursue and I can't waste time. Let's follow them. It won't take long. It won't lead anywhere. Ah, gentlemen, come over here and have a look from this window. I think it is most interesting. Most interesting. I can't see anything of unusual interest. Mm. I'll just have a word with Watson. No, Father, perhaps the great detective can see things we can't. Don't question me, Watson. Just take the blame. Heavens! Oh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, ter I'm terribly sorry. How, how very clumsy of me. I seem to have knocked over the table and uh, <laughs> there's water and fruits all over. The Yes, I hope it's not too expensive a carpet. Yes. Oh, dear, yes. 
is rather rather a mess, I'm afraid. Oh, the maid can clear it up. Yes, it Where has Holmes gone? Oh, oh, well, he was here just a moment ago. The fellow's off his head. Come on, Father. Let's find him. Yes. Oh. Leave that. Damn you. Is this your dressing gown? Give it to me. Father. Father, get the letter from his hand. I'll hold him. What is... Destroy it, Father. I have that. Watch out for Alec. He has a gun. Well done, Colonel. Besides you. I was just like the old days. Inspector, I think you'd better have this gun. And arrest these men. Well, on what evidence? You have it in your hand. The missing part of the letter. Come along, Inspector. We must lock up the prisoners and have a word with them. Brandy, Holmes? Ah, I will. My strength has been rather tried of late. I'm afraid, Colonel, my visit to you has been disrupted. Not at all. I've been fascinated by your methods and baffled. <laughs> uh, do you, Watson? Uh, uh, please, yes. <clears throat> we all want an explanation, Holmes, but do take it quietly. We don't want another of those nervous attacks. Oh, I'll come to that presently. Here you are, Holmes. Thank you. Watson? Oh, thank you, Colonel. <clears throat> oh. It is of the highest importance in the art of detection to be able to recognise out of a number of facts which are incidental and which vital. Yeah. Now, in this case, I had no doubt from the first that the key lay in the scrap of paper in the dead man's hand. I also make a point of never having any prejudice and following where a fact may lead me. Now, the inspector made the mistake of assuming that the squire and his son could not possibly be criminally involved. And yet their story was that the burglar fled instantly. Therefore, he had no time to snatch the letter from the coachman. Therefore, only young Cunningham could have done so before the servants and his father arrived. I was aware of this from the very first. But then, when I examined the scrap of paper... Yes, all it contains are seven words on three lines. At quarter to twelve, learn what and... Uh, maybe. Not much it's... to be made of that. Look closer. Ah, it has an irregular look. It was written by two people doing alternate words. Look at the T's. I said this at the time. It has always been my habit to hide none of my methods. By Jove, yes. The, the T's of at and two are very firm, but in quarter and twelve they're, they're, they're faint, weak. Do you see what? Yes, yes, yes. But, but, but why do alternate words? One man distrusted the other and was determined they should have an equal hand in the business. The stronger of the two wrote his words first. <laughs> and had left blanks for the other. Yes, you see, Colonel, some words are squeezed in. All that is superficial. The important point is the age of the two men. How do you tell from seven words on a scrap of paper? One is a bold hand, the other is rather broken-backed. So, if it was not an invalid, it must be an older man. And they had to be blood relatives. It may be most obvious to you in the Greek character of the E's. Hmm. Of course, I'm giving you only the leading results of my examination. There were 23 other deductions, which would be of more interest to handwriting experts. But they all deepened my impression that the Cunningham's father and son 
wrote the letter. And then I examined the head. Ah, to look for footprints. There was a broadish ditch, moist at the bottom. Now, there need have been no signs at the scene of the struggle, for the ground was hard there. But there should have been signs of fight through the hedge and in the ditch. Yeah. There were none. Yet the Cunninghams swore that they saw the man run off in that direction, so they were lying. But why go to such lengths? What was the motive? Remember, although there was no mysterious burglar at Cunningham's, there was a burglar the previous night at Acton's who stole some very odd things. Yes, that struck me. Do you suppose they were stolen to divert suspicion from the real object of the burglary? The court case. Acton had a very good claim on half the Cunningham's present estate. It would ruin them. By Jove, I see it now. They were after legal papers. They did it themselves. Well, all this was clear enough from the start. But I needed the missing part of the letter. If Alec had taken it, he must surely have thrust it into the pocket of his dressing gown. The question was, if it was still there. I had to find it before witnesses, and so I had you summoned to the house. Now, you remember the Cunninghams joined us, and the inspector was about to tell them of the torn corner when, by the luckiest chance in the world, I tumbled down in a sort of fit and so changed the conversation. You mean that was all an act? <laughs> Did you realise that, Watson? <laughs> it absolutely convinced me. <laughs> and then I made a foolish mistake over writing down the time of the murder. Uh, my weakness embarrassed you, rather, Watson. Uh, I'm afraid it did. I made Cunningham correct it in his own handwriting, changing one to twelve, as in the note. Oh, I was blind to all this. You allowed emotion to overrule your observation. And once I had compared the handwriting, I was sure. All I had to do was get a moment alone in Alec's dressing room to examine the pockets of his gown, and there, I'm afraid, I embarrassed you again, Watson. <laughs> Didn't you knock over the table, Watson? Uh, no, it was uh, Holmes who actually pushed it. <laughs> I was left to uh, take the blame. Another fine piece of acting. <laughs> and that distraction gave you the chance, and so we caught him. Fine work. <laughs> I think you deserve another brandy. Mm. Thank you. But, Holmes, this was not simply robbery. It was murder, the murder of a poor, honest coachman. Thank you. Why? Honest enough, until he was tempted. Old Cunningham confessed it all. The coachman followed them secretly on the night they raided Acton's, saw his opportunity, and being unable to resist... He tried to blackmail them. Yes, young Alec wasn't the sort to play that dangerous game with. No. He had the idea to use the burglary scam. He sent Cohen a letter to bring him to the house, shot him, and blamed a mysterious burglar. If the note had not been torn, we might never have proved anything. Uh, the first lines of the note, read in full, are... If you will only come round at quarter to twelve... To the east gate, you will learn what will very much surprise you and may be of the greatest service to you. Thus, Kerwin was lured to the house and paid for his greed with his life. I must have been desperate. Greed is universal, whether squire or coachman. I'm afraid I made much the same assumptions as the inspector. I should have known better. Army ought to teach a man a thing or two about nature. <laughs> I was grateful for your help, Colonel, to disarm a desperate man. Oh, it was nothing. Although I was sure I'd done with that sort of thing when I retired out here. Well, I'm sorry you've had anything but the quiet time I promised you. It's hardly the best means of convalescence. On the contrary. 
It has renewed my faith in Watson's prescriptions. I think our rest in the country has been a distinct success. I shall agree willingly the next time. <laughs> it's all very well for you, Holmes. But after all the confusion and excitement, I think I need a dose of my own medicine. That was Barry Foster as Sherlock Holmes and David Buck as Dr. Watson in The Rygate Squires by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Dramatised radio by Bill Morrison. Colonel Hayter was played by Peter Howell, Inspector Forrester by Malcolm Reed, Squire Cunningham, Malcolm Hayes, and Alec Cunningham by Hugh Ross. The play was directed in our Birmingham studios by Peter Novis.